Welcome to Chucked. I'm Charles Braxton. This is Austin Charles. Today we're continuing the talk we started last show using some of James Lipton's stock questions. Austin, dig right in with question number one. Well, it is question number technically five, I guess. Um, I didn't answer the last part of the question four, which was what turns me off emotionally, which I want to mention just, just to, so to give you guys out there, if you ever do this to me, just don't, which is, uh, so in someone that is an intrusive that assumes something about me or assumes something empath- empathetically about me that they share with me. <laughs> that is something that came out with, uh, my, my personality test with Cindy Weiniger. And I, I find it very offensive when someone assumes something about me that they share with me. I've been a pastor's son. I know how you feel. I don't care. <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> you don't know me. I could not. Okay. I could not. So I just want to put that one out there. Um, I, I I totally get that one. Yeah, that turns me off emotionally, and relationally. That's the, and that's relationally. the whoom, yeah. shut down. You just lost me. Yeah, it happens five times a week, uh, five times a a, a night um, when I'm standing out in the lobby. So uh, there you go. The <laughs> All you listeners out there who are in the lobby on Saturday nights, so after, do not uh, say. So after possibly offending someone, I do want to say I apologize for that person. I I said something about the Reagan administration this weekend while I was hosting on Saturday night, and I I I did not mean to offend you. I am sorry. For anyone that knows me, knows I am the least political person. I have the only opinion about politics that I have is that I have no opinions really, and. Um, so I'm sorry. I, I did not. I did not mean it as a joke. I meant it as a joke towards the audience, not towards um, Ron or Nancy or any of them. Going on, the next the, the next question is from Bernard Pivot: Is what is your favorite curse word? Oh, this was so easy. <laughs> Do you think you know this one? Uh, yeah. I love it. I love the word shite. Oh, you, I didn't. I didn't know I, that. Do you think you? Know, I love it. I, I love it crip. when you're watching. Braveheart, and they say shite. You know, I just think that's wonderful because, like, even saying it now, is he really saying a swear word? Is he really cursing? But I am, even though I'm saying shite. Yeah, I just think that is wonderful that we have that nuance with the English language that I could. Speaking of Brad Pitt and and, then Snatch, great guy Richie movie, he wakes up from a terrible hangover. He's He's this pikey Irish boxer, and he wakes up from this terrible hangover. They're trying to get him up to fight. And uh, the first thing he wakes up and he says, I need to have a shite. <laughs> and to the whole movie, he's subtitled because you can't understand what he's saying. He's so hard so accent, when they subtitle, they don't spell it S-H-I-T-E. Yeah, they do. Do they really? so, yeah. Because it's, it's, I don't know if it's the script subtitles, it's just the subtitles yeah. from the DVD, but anyway. Well, um, you know, it's, it's, I, uh, we're both into words mm-hmm. and words only have the power we give them. I have a lot of opinions about cursing and, and such. And uh, so the, the, that question fascinates me as, as much as any question that you could ask James Lipton would be mm-hmm. that question because of the powerlessness of words mm-hmm. and the power of words, both. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite curse word? Well, I first want to mention. Try that, to outdo that one. <laughs> I, I want to. I first want to mention that Sean Penn's in that book. Uh, I forgot about it. I read it yesterday. Um, his favorite curse word is "udentist." <laughs> I love that. With apologies you to dentist. all you dentists out oh, there. That is, that is fantastic. Is awesome. That is fantastic. I, th- I think my favorite curse word is shit because it's like the SH is so quick. It has such pace to it. Better than anything with a D or an F that it just has such a such pace to it that the the vowel gets gets swung by and then the hard consonant of the T comes in that I just think that is just what the do you quickest. Th- what do you think about golf as a curse word? Golf. It's, it's a four letter word. <laughs> golf. Uh, I do. I do. Well, it's kind of going. I, I love our, our, our good friend Chip James. Um, basically, family member. He he uses his word, his name as a as a curse word. Chip. When he's playing tennis. That's Chip. good. That's really that's his, good. That's, a, that's, his, that's his. That's curse good. Word. Use yourself as a curse word. Yeah. I think euphemisms are fascinating. Jimmy Carter. Like, we really know what you're saying there. Okay. So so that that's acceptable. We can we can we can shame the Carter administration, but we can't shame the Reagan administration. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> I better be careful. But but I remember as a kid when I saw Jaws. What's up with the Jesus H. Christ? You know, that was like, okay, Quint, that still counts. Okay, that still counts. All right, we know what you're doing there. That still counts. Yeah. But it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Next question. Next question. We better move on from cursing. What sound or noise do you love? I love the sound of the ocean. Hmm. I love the sound of when the waves are lapping against the beach man well like sometimes when i'm feeling tense that is my happy place i'm under my tent our canopy on the beach in hilton head and i can hear the waves lapping against the shore i love that sound that is so relaxing to me so that's that's the first one that comes to mind yeah what about you wow um I think it's a cop out to say your your kids laugh. I think that's kind of goes without saying, right? It's interesting. I remember I remember something that framed my parenting that we did well. We did Sherry and I did well is we always laughed a lot as a family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that came from when I was starting in ministry, Bob Russell was my mentor especially back then. And I remember his telling me that Phil, I believe it was Phil, his son, in when he was five years old in kindergarten, was asked, what's your favorite sound? And he said, my dad's laughter. Mm. That was his favorite sound, was to hear my dad laugh. Mm. And that really framed me because every kid, if they wouldn't say that, it's because they're just unaware of something that's there, mm. and there, and there, and there, like the sunrise or something, but... Yeah, that that one, that's something I think we did well. We had a lot of tension in our home for so many different good reasons and bad reasons, but we laughed. We had a lot of laughter. Yeah. I think what brings me most joy, most love, feeling of love, is hearing my son's voice over the phone. I think that as he, as his voice sounds right now, you know, as a toddler, as a you know young boy, five year old. 
you know, from that age of three to five-ish, you know, I love the sound of his voice over the phone, so. It's up there. I tell you, you know, when, when we share the smoothie love of Chocolate Elvis's, which now in Chocolate Elvis entails any smoothie that's peanut butter chocolate, mm-hmm. but to hear him say Chocolate Elvis, to him it's an Elvis. Mm-hmm. Chocolate, I just, I just, I'll bring it up just because I want to hear him say Chocolate Elvis. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, he's got his words that he he doesn't pronounce right, and we just mm-hmm. let him go because it just puts a smile on your face. Yeah. So many times, a lot of times of that day, when I, if I call McKenzie, um, she'll have him answer the phone. It's just the best, you know. <laughs> it's just like oh, it's so great. That's great. Uh, That's great. And then there's Gage, of course. Gage with his gree gree. Yeah. I'm different. Yeah. I mean, when he says that now, I think of I am Groot. I am Groot. Mm-hmm. You know, gree gree. <laughs> and then when he sees me, he associates me with trains. So it's always choo 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 choo. So when he sees me, he immediately starts saying immediately starts saying choo choo. And then he goes to one of his Thomas trains. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a great sound. <laughs> What sound or noise do you hate? You know what's funny about that is is hail to the victim. Well, that's this is like that's the easiest. <laughs> that is easiest, pretty repulsive and repugnant. It is. You know what's the thing is that's the most overrated fight song in the world because they only sing the chorus. And you know why they only sing the chorus? Because the rest of the song sucks. <laughs> It's just terrible. It is just oh, I listen to the rest of the song. Oh, because that's that's the only, that's the reason they I play the, the chorus. But uh, you know, some people would answer the screeching of nails on a chalkboard. Mm. Well, to me, that just puts a smile on my face because that's you all know me. You know how I earn a living. You know, it's just so I associate the screeching of nails on a chalkboard with Quint in the town hall of Amity. In that wondrous movie called Jaws. What about you? What's a noise you can't stand? A noise I can't stand. Wow. I mean, when I I I, I don't like it in that springtime, fall time dew that gets on my brakes of my car, which makes them squeak. And it causes them to rust overnight. I think that's something that's very irritating. I guess it's 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 similar to nails on a chalkboard. Um, but uh, and you have no movie equivalent of brakes squeaking with morning dew that is a positive scene in a movie. So sorry about uh, there's, that. There's, I could redeem uh, the, nails on a chalkboard. The Burbs but has a good squeaking car. I love that movie. If underrated movie. Has anyone ever seen The Burbs with Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher? It's, an, it's just unbelievable. It's so underrated. How many movie. times do you think you watched that when you were a kid? 50? Oh, so many, so many. And it's, it's, it's so many of my, you know, passwords and emails and spam emails is, are, are things to do with Tom Hanks' character in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bruce Dern, very Bruce underrated. Dern, yeah, yeah. Very underrated. Bruce Dern's in that. Uh, yeah. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Oh, that is. That makes me want to watch. <laughs> That's the a good movie. Yeah, that is. It's a really good movie. The Clopics. Um, made in 1989. So, or it was, it was before that, I think. Because it was, it was, it was like, uh, it was around like Philadelphia, Turner and Hooch, or uh, was it? What's it? Uh, Hutch, Hutch. What is it? What's the one about the dog? Turner, Turner and Hooch. Is it Turner and Hooch? Um, around Splash, around that area. So he wasn't big yet. It was Starsky and Hutch. It was Turner and Hooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was before he had his first Oscar 
with uh, with Philadelphia. So he wasn't quite big, but it was still a great movie. He's Classic. married to Carrie Fisher in it. Classic. Great. Classic. Um, this is a good one. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Marine biologist. No doubt. I still wonder when I retire from ministry, is it too late to become a marine biologist? I was at church, the atrium Sunday and, um, I met a zoologist. She just spent six months in South Africa with great white sharks. Mm -hmm. And I just about became the incredible Hulk green with envy. And, uh, I asked her that question. I said, is this still too late for me? And she goes, Oh no, no. That's not what I wanted you to tell me. <laughs> you know, I didn't want you to tell me that. Yeah. Marine biologist, no question. What about you? Uh, I think anything with characters, that would, that wouldn't be good for me. But hypothetically, anything with has to do with characters or um, helping them or making them or portraying them in any sort of fashion. You could uh, be an action figure, action figure, action hero figure in the movies. <laughs> You could be that. I think I'd like you got that cool vibe a, going. Rather, that, I'd rather play a villain. <laughs> you could do that too. That. You could play the yeah, villain. Anything with anything to do with creating a character, I would be comfortable with on a stage or not. I would like to do. What profession would you not like to do? I can't cleaned say out. I can't say ministry now. <laughs> if you'd ask me that. Ten years ago, I would have said, mm. not doing that again. Mm. Now, I, I would absolutely do it again. Maturity is way underrated. It, the other day, I cleaned out my sink was clogged, and something, I had a bunch of gunk had gotten down in there and cleaned out the sink. You know, very the, filmy? Very filmy. <laughs> the film, the, the uh, terrible Austin film. I mean, just, mm. just like, yeah. And it stank. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, man, how do plumbers do it? How do they do it? Because this was a sink. It was pipes in a sink, which I'd take the bottom of the elbow out and, and clean it out. And wow, there had to be some disease that I have now just from breathing in whatever came from that <laughs> sink for however long it was slowly getting clogged. But I admire plumbers. Mm -hmm. I really admire plumbers. I could do garage uh, garbage pickup. You're, at least you're outside. But plumbers, that's rough. What about you? I would not want to be a teacher. I admire that. Uh, Which a, is so a teacher ironic. Or, or, or student ministry or something. I you think. would be so good at it. Yeah. Your mom and I always thought, man, he would be a great teacher someday. I think anything with students, I probably I would I would I would develop a bad habit of some sort. But part of the reason with teaching is I, I, I don't know how I could operate within the limits of, you know, teaching the same thing or generally the same thing. I, I couldn't, that to my focus, I wouldn't be able to do that. I admire people that can, but I, I, anything with students, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I don't have a heart so much for that at this point in my life, but I also, I, uh, that's a tough job. That's a real tough job. It is very difficult. I don't imagine I would I'd appreciate my coworkers very much either. Um, so, yeah, I can't. I mean, I can kind of imagine who they would be um, in a fictional sense. But so, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do teaching. 
The last question is a great one. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well, the cliche is well done. Mm -hmm. That's the easy one. That one's teed up. Well done, good and faithful servant. So we can't do that one. Neither one of us can do that one. No one listening to this, if you use these questions, you're not allowed to answer with that one. Mm -hmm. What I would love to hear him say would be, you loved well. That would be the ultimate. Mm -hmm. Because that would have meant a significant steep curve of progression took place in my life, going from very... The the most dangerous place to be is to look spiritual, and on the inside, you're really going through the motions. And I think when I started professionally in ministry, I've, I've always been fascinated by people. My dad taught me that, and we'd go pick him up at the Columbus airport, and we'd watch people, and I've just always I love meeting people. I genuinely love people, but I but I but I hadn't gone through enough suffering to truly have a compassionate heart, and that changed in my thirties, I believe. And I would love to hear him say, "You loved well," and I'm not there, mm-hmm. but I look forward to getting older because if I'm on the if I stay on the path I'm on now. I'll get there. Mm-hmm. I'll get there. By His grace, I'll get there. So that's one. What about you? What, would, what do you want to hear God say? Hmm. Typewriters on the back porch. Write forever. Yeah. The greatest piece of literature you've never read is back there. A cup of coffee's back there. A pack of smokes that won't Damage your health is back there. Wow. I've never heard that one. I've heard like, in heaven, chocolate cake is a diet food. But that one, that was, yeah. <laughs> I think that would that would be heaven to me, doing all those things and not having the narcissism that goes into it, the health effects that go into it, the self-absorption that goes into it. And not just out of like, cause, because I see heaven as this finally this place, I get to do all the things I want. I, I, I say that because the, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Because whether in at any moment of of to my knees in life, to my knees because of joy or because of pain, the only way I could ever have ever been able to make sense of God and what He means to me, good or bad, and in life and my place in it is through the written word. And so I imagine this this heaven will be quite overwhelming. And. Anytime I've been overwhelmed, the only time I can ground myself is when I have the words and the time and the stimulants that help those things and that go with them well. So I think in that perpetual event of great praise and worship, I would the first thing I would think of, as I've done in other times in my life, I need to write. And then, uh, and I can't think of a better place to do that in there. Let's let's jazz up our listeners today by spending those last few minutes talking about that subject and and drawing that in. What? Let's ask each other this question off that. There's a couple questions I have actually from that question. What is the thing other than assuming typewriters will be there? 
what is the thing that excites you most about heaven? Again, setting aside the cliches mm-hmm. or easy answers, I should say, not cliches. You'll be in a better place. You know, setting that aside. Here's, well, I think, I, so I think, while you're thinking of that, I'll answer. I think we, I mean, the first thing, you know, is, is all the questions of Scripture, certainly. You know, the... Um, the playback, you know, the, the DVR aspect of it, um, the just the great mystery revealed is the most exciting thing to me. The mysteries of of who God is, of of, of what Christ is. Um, there is no longer questions, and there are finally answers. Not to of, of why there's their pain, but there are answers to the beauty of things that, that, have, that have only been imagined. And now they are fully realized. There are colors that I've never seen. There are words, that a, a dictionary of words that I've never known that make opalescence seem banal and, you know, um, ugly. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. I remember when I gave, uh, when I learned this insight, this symbolism, and I remember where I was sitting in Revelation class when I heard, heard a, my professor, Tom Frustney, say this. And I was in a meeting yesterday, and Pete Creamer, who is our chairman of our vision team, and Pete mentioned this. We were talking about legacy, and he, he mentioned. Randy Alcorn has written, years ago, he wrote an excellent book on heaven. It's really, really well done. And I remember we read it after, Sherry and I read it after her dad died in 1998. And he explains this too, but it comes out of, at the end of Revelation, when the author, John, says that heaven, one of the things of heaven, it'll be this tree in the middle that is constantly bearing new fruit. So it's a constant, it'll be a constant learning, be a constant discovery. <clears throat> and that excites me. We're not going to get to heaven and <clears throat> all of a sudden we know everything. Like, mm-hmm. we know everything. It'll be a constant learning. And that, as a learner, that really excites me a lot. Mm-hmm. What do you hope God doesn't say to you? It's that way. <laughs> I think that would be... Be unfortunate, chat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oops. Uh, that would that would not be would not be a good. I love what I, th- I think it was Tom Hanks who, when he was asked this question, he said he said, "Well, would, what if heaven exists? What would you like God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Turn around, turn around, turn around. You're not done yet. Turn around." <laughs> I like the Michael J. Fox, whose dad is dead. I think his answer was, "Hey, pop." Yeah, and, uh, that's good. But yeah, I, I think, I mean, yeah, that, that would be the obvious My one favorite is, answer on that is the guy who said that that I'm so afraid I'm going to be stand, standing behind Mother Teresa in line, and I'm going to hear God say to her, you just didn't do enough. <laughs> you just could have done more. That would be... That, that would, would be a bummer. That would be. That would be a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what else? What else? As we wrap this up, because this is your antithesis statement, right? This is... I'm I'm living f- away from that. 
So mm-hmm. it is your, it is you know your dark page that you're. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. You made life all about you, so um, this part isn't going to be about you. You've already used that up. You know. Yeah, you know. I think I fear because I'm I'm a firm believer. First Corinthians three, Paul says, "Hey, you build with wood, hay, and straw. That's the house you're going to get. You build with gold and silver. That gets purified through the fire. It's going to get even better." And I, I, I think there's still a fear that I missed it somehow that I built with wood, hay, and straw. Like that means a life that was just so temporarily focused that under the searing heat of truth, you know, it's ashes floating in the air. It's gone. Yeah, I mean, I have, I've had, had those, those, you know, I've wondered of... Well, maybe a legalistic life, a life that is so strict in just this Puritan churning butter life, like maybe that actually is it. Like that actually is where grace is is provided. But it's not just for anyone who, for anyone who has inter- has believes in Christianity as an interpretation of modern era where it's just about loving and that's going to be the ticket. But what if it actually is more than that? I think that is a, that is a big fear. Like, no, these people had it right. Like you do not own anything with a brand on it. You make your own clothes or you, I mean, you, you know, you, you're toast. Cause you got a lot of Nikes down here in this basement, man. You're you, toast you, know, you, you, there's no material things or, you know, there's no, I don't know that there's, Right. I think that would, you know, that that our interpretation of what grace is and how it applies to us was was wrong because of, you know, just through. What if time. God is the junior high principal who's just mm-hmm. waiting to whack you on the butt? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I could have had a lot more fun down here if that's the case. Right, right. <laughs> As we talked about a few weeks ago, if that's the case, let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and I'm toast anyway. And that's why a lot of people give up. That's why they give mm-hmm. up. Majority of people I've met who have given up on God, it's not because they don't want someone loving in their life. It's they perceive Him as the judge. They can't please anyway, so why try? Mm-hmm. Why try? Last question as we wrap this up. Who's the person that you most want to see in heaven? Like you, like you're, you will most want to talk to that you never got to meet on earth. Non-biblical character. Non-biblical character. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, C.S. Lewis is the first one that comes to mind. I think he has a great sense of humor. He so I think he's a, he's a, he's the first one that comes it's a to mind. Tough mine. question. This was a tough question to narrow yeah. down. I mean, I feel like person. I feel like I I I look like a better person if I would if I said like Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King, but I've just not I've never been that virtuous. So I think I would just C.S. Lewis has has created a pretty impressive body of work, and he has a great sense of humor. I think he would be someone that uh, would be nice to have have coffee or tea with or something on that back porch I gotta drop the mic with Abraham Lincoln I'm sorry (laughs) I'm not that virtuous either but in my human way I think he's the second greatest person who ever lived we're done see you next week and chucked